Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Story time. I am an outdoorsman. I'm very experienced in hunting, camping. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hiking and general survival. I'm very familiar and used to wildlife, and I was charged by what I believe was a cryptid called a dogman. It charged me and my cousin. It was not a bear, a bear cannot move how it did, and it was not a normal wolf as they can't comfortably run on two legs. Whereas what charged us seemed natural at doing. I can elaborate further if you wish. This happened around June or July of 2007 I believe. I was around 17 years old and more cocky then, but still somewhat knowledgeable of the outdoors. My family used to own a cabin in northwestern Wisconsin, I basically grew up there in the summer. I knew the woods well, but at night it was wise to stay in the cabin or at least by the bonfire by the beach. Because of bears, wolves, and cougars. One of the creepiest things was if you were having a bonfire. The tree line was visible from the fire pit and beach, and at night you always felt like you were being watched from that tree line. But during the day the woods always seemed normal, 
not so creepy. That is until this incident. So this happened somewhere between 12-14. Me and my cousin were having an airsoft battle. I was in full woodland camo, he was not. I retreated onto the ATV trail into the woods for a tactical advantage and our battle took us about 200 meters into about a third of the way up the trail. We had enough at this point and were standing at the edge of a clearing on the trail, talking. And he was maybe 10 feet from me, when I decided to mess with him. I shushed him and said we're being watched. He froze, then I realized the woods were dead quiet and I got spooked and started scanning the tree line and the other edge of the clearing from left to right when I saw it. Its teeth gave it away, it was panting and staring at my cousin. I don't expect you to believe me, but what I saw was a wolf as big as a black bear. At least 300 pounds, but it wasn't normal. This wolf was on two legs crouching next to tree with its arm grasping the tree. Grasping with a clawed hand, it had reddish brown fur. I told my cousin that we have to go and next thing I know he is sprinting and I look back at Wolfie who had locked on and sprinted a few steps on two feet. And then I turned and ran when it looked like Wolfie was dropping to all fours. It charged us and sounded right on our asses barreling through the brush but for whatever reason let us go when we broke out of the tree line and headed for the cabin. What stuck with me the most was the sheer size. Wolfie appeared to be nearly seven feet tall when upright, and that where it should have had front paws it appeared to have large clawed hands. Now I'm not sure how to explain it away rationally. I have heard wolves will occasionally kind of walk upright but as far as I know they can't sprint on two legs, nor do wolves get that big and black bears more waddle on two legs. The closest description is silly, a werewolf or dogman. This story is sent us by Drew Shurd from Strange and Scary Stories. We'll leave a link below, if you want to check his Facebook page. My name is Rob and I have a friend down the road from me, whose family owns a garden center, complete with a few large greenhouses a corner fruit stand, an indoor store, and also a couple of houses sit on the property. They must own 45 acres in total, yet most of their property is thick woods with dense undergrowth. Wild rose vines, poison ivy everywhere. Well you get the picture. From time to time I volunteer there, maybe get some free plants, veggies or some local honey. I am retired now, so I do it to stay busy and to help them out but I also just love going there. This time of year, early summer they have hundreds of hanging baskets with amazing flowers, and they also sell fruits, veggies, baked goods, all fresh and local. It's a magical place for sure. It attracts so many people, and sometimes, the wrong kind of people. I do whatever needs to be done, sweeping the greenhouses, organizing stock, helping customers load their things, stuff like that. I don't mind and rather enjoy it. Anyway, a few weeks ago I was there, and I remember it was a slightly colder day for that time of year. I think it hit 72 degrees, and it was cloudy that day, overcast but it never rained. I was in the back cleaning, by the barn and was using their Cushman, to take loads of trash and cuttings to the burn pile. It's a two-seater, like a golf cart with a manual dump bed on the back it's a handy little thing to have. The burn pile is way back in the corner of their cleared property, just before the woods begin. I was dumping the third load, when I heard some strange noises coming from the woods, what I thought sounded kinda like a baby crying, so I shut off the cart and listened. Sure enough, it sounded like a baby whining, not full-on crying, like, I don't know. Whining. I put my pitchfork down and started walking toward the edge line and then walked into the brush. That sound repeated every 20 seconds or so and even though I kept walking the sound didn't seem to change. I mean get any closer, or farther away. I figured about 10 or 15 minutes went by. I just kept trying to find what was making that noise. I stopped walking every few minutes, to see if I could hear anything more and before I realized it. I was deeper in those woods than I had ever been before. I wasn't lost, but I could no longer see any buildings from where I was, and remember, it was an overcast day, 
and I was thick in the woods. So even though it was around 2 p.m., it was getting dark in there. Just then noticed that the whining had stopped a few minutes ago. I was looking around, mostly for the way back, and then I saw from far away, about 200 feet or so, a bunch of small children running toward me. About 10 of them, and they seemed no older than 6 or 7. What grown man is afraid of some little kids? I thought to myself, yet I knew that something was very wrong with this picture. So, after watching them for a few seconds, my fight or flight instinct kicked in and I turned to run and got about 15 feet. Then tripped on a small fallen tree, and landed on my face, right in some mud with a bunch of wet leaves. As I looked up, I could see the ones closest to me had black eyes. WTF. Black eyes. No pupil, no iris, nothing but pitch black. As they got very close, they started screaming, and seemed possessed, acting very angry and very hungry. And it was then that a switch flipped, and I went crazy. I grabbed a tree limb lying by me, a little bit bigger than a baseball bat, and just started swinging and smashing the heads, or whatever I could hit, of these little black-eyed children. At first, it seemed like they could not be killed, some of my blows would have dropped a grown man to the ground. I was in a fog, or a trance, something. I wasn't myself, but I remember I just kept swinging that branch, as though my life depended on it. Finally, after what seemed to be forever, I stopped and looked around me. All the kids were lying on the ground, motionless, and there was blood everywhere. Imagine, almost a dozen bruised, broken, bloody and dead children lying all around me. I looked down and had blood all over my jeans and boots and then I almost went into shock. I remember dropping the branch cause my hands got super cold and tingly, like when your hand or foot falls asleep. I also felt very weak in the knees and sick to my stomach, yet for some reason, at that very moment, a kind of calm feeling came over me. I remember it was super quiet, like being underwater quiet. There were no sounds, no birds, frogs, crickets, nothing. I turned toward the direction of the barn and greenhouses, trying to make anything out. And as I turned back around, all the kids were gone. I mean all gone. There was no blood anywhere, I looked down and my jeans and boots were clean like nothing ever happened. What the hell is going on? You can imagine how I felt, frozen in my tracks, not knowing what to do. Just then out of the corner of my eye, about 100 feet away, I saw, what I thought was a small child running behind a tree and then I heard laughing. Like a taunting laugh, it started out quiet but soon the entire area seemed to echo with it, so I turned and hightailed it out of there. When I reached the Cushman, about 20 feet from the edge of the woods, I grabbed my pitchfork and spun around, but there was nothing there. I finished what I was doing, told my friend I didn't feel well, which was true, and was gonna go home for the day, he said okay. I never told him about what happened, in fact, this is the first time I have told anyone. Since that day, trust me, I find reasons to have someone else take the trash to the burn pile. I was a park ranger at Yosemite National Park, and it was my night off. I decided to take a walk on one of my favorite paths, hoping to reach the top of the hill and catch a glimpse of the moon. It was a beautiful night, and I felt completely at ease, surrounded by the sounds of nighttime critters going about their business. But suddenly, a high-pitched ringing sound cut through the air, causing the animals to scatter and leaving me dizzy. I paused for a moment, trying to regain my focus, but all the bugs and critters had fallen completely silent, and the only sound I could hear was the soft rustling of leaves beneath my feet. And then, I realized something was off. There were footsteps following me, but they sounded like they were coming from the left instead of behind me. I tried to brush it off as a trick of my ears, but the footsteps seemed to keep up with me, no matter how much I stopped and started. As I walked, I noticed animal tracks on the ground, resembling a canine but with unnaturally long nails. I stopped to inspect them, feeling unsettled and unsure if I was in any danger. And that's when I saw it. A pale, 
fleshy creature emerged from behind a bush, hunched over and with no fur whatsoever. It had massive back legs like that of a dog, but its front paws were similar to that of a sloth, covered in old scars and large claws. Its facial features were human-like, but the sight of it left me feeling paralyzed with fear. The creature seemed frightened that I had spotted it, and I knew that it could kill me in an instant if it wanted to. It stood up tall, towering over the nearby plants, and opened its mouth wide, emitting a high-pitched ringing sound that rattled the nearby trees. The sound seemed to break the spell, and all the bugs and critters started making a huge amount of noise. I couldn't stay there anymore, so I booked it back down the path as fast as I could. The encounter had rattled me so much that I had to take a week off work, and I never went on solo night walks again. To this day, I still wonder what that creature was and where it came from. But one thing is for sure, I never want to encounter it again. Okay, I want to start off by saying that I do not really believe in strange creatures from the abyss, and I am not a huge fan of looking for Bigfoot. I am just a regular guy who saw something that I can't explain. I just want to know if this is something that maybe someone else has seen. I was driving down Route 20 in Northborough, Massachusetts at around 2 a.m. one night in 2007. My girlfriend at the time was in the car with me. When we reached a more wooded area I saw two animals crossing the road. Both of them stopped and turned to look at my oncoming car. When I saw them I turned on my high beams, thinking they were deer. After a brief moment, they both took about two steps and cleared the road, and were in the woods. I looked at my girlfriend who looked back at me and said, did you see that? Those were not deer. We made a few jokes about it and ended up calling them the things on Route 20. They had fur on them that was the length of a deer, really short, except the fur was black. Height would be about 7 feet tall. Their eyes were reflective, like when a cat looked at you from the dark. The head was deer-like except they had ears that pointed upwards, I know I'm going to get flamed for the next part but. They were standing upright on their back legs like a human would. It's difficult to describe what their legs looked like but the closest thing that I can say they resembled was what a wolf's back legs look like, where only the ends of the paws were touching the ground, and the ankle is off of the ground, place your feet under your chair so that only your toes are flat against the floor. Have you heard of something similar to this so I can try to research it further? I had always found solace in the beauty of nature, and as a park ranger, it was my job to ensure that visitors experienced the same sense of wonder and awe that I did. So when my childhood friend, Mike, decided to come visit me, I knew exactly where to take him, the Ozarks. We set up our campsite by a picturesque lake, surrounded by towering trees that rustled gently in the cool breeze. As night fell, we sat by the campfire, sipping on beers and reliving old memories. The stars twinkled above us, casting an ethereal glow over the landscape. It was the perfect night. But as the fire died down, a strange sound interrupted our peaceful reverie. It was a low, guttural growl that seemed to come from deep within the forest. Mike and I exchanged nervous glances, and without a word, we grabbed our flashlights and ventured into the woods. The moon was full, casting an eerie light on our path as we made our way through the trees. But the growling continued, growing louder and more menacing with every step we took. It sounded like some kind of wild animal, but I couldn't place the species. I'd never heard anything like it before. We followed the sound deeper and deeper into the forest, our hearts pounding with fear and adrenaline. But as we rounded a bend in the trail, the growling suddenly stopped. We shone our flashlights around, searching for any sign of the creature, but there was nothing there. We stood there in silence for a few moments, catching our breath and trying to make sense of what had just happened. That's when we heard it, a rustling in the bushes nearby. We both trained our flashlights on the spot, but all we could see were leaves and branches swaying in the breeze. Suddenly, Mike let out a blood-curdling scream. I whipped around to see what had happened, and saw him lying on the ground, clutching his leg. 
I rushed over to him, and saw that he had been bitten by something, a snake, I realized, as I saw the telltale fang marks on his calf. We were miles from civilization, and I knew we had to act fast. I used my first aid kit to clean the wound and immobilize his leg, and we set off towards the nearest ranger station, with me carrying Mike on my back. It was a grueling journey, but we finally made it, and Mike was rushed to the hospital. It all started one day when I decided to go on a hike in the woods. I wanted to get some fresh air and exercise, so I put on my hiking boots, grabbed my water bottle, and headed out. As I was walking through the woods, I suddenly heard a rustling in the bushes. I froze in my tracks, wondering what could possibly be making that noise. And then, out of nowhere, I saw him, a massive Bigfoot with wild, curly hair and a bushy beard. At first, I was terrified. I mean, this was Bigfoot we're talking about, a legendary creature that I never thought I'd actually see in real life. But as he approached me, I could see that he had a gentle, curious look on his face. He seemed almost friendly. And then, something even weirder happened. He started to sniff around my head and ears, and before I knew it, he had actually started to clean them with his big, hairy fingers. I have to admit, it was a strange sensation, but also kind of relaxing. I felt like I was at a spa or something. Next thing I knew, he gestured for me to sit down on a nearby log. I was a little apprehensive at first, but he seemed insistent, so I complied. And then, to my surprise, he whipped out a pair of scissors and started giving me a haircut. Now, let me tell you, I have never had a haircut like this before. Bigfoot was surprisingly skilled with the scissors, despite the fact that he had massive, hairy fingers. He started snipping away at my hair, creating layers and angles that I never thought were possible. And the best part? He did it all without any kind of mirror or reference point. He just knew what he was doing. And then, out of nowhere, he gave me a neck crack that was so satisfying, I felt like a brand new person. It was like he was a professional chiropractor or something. But the story doesn't end there. After the haircut, Bigfoot motioned for me to stand up and turn around. I was confused, but I did as he asked. And then, to my surprise, he started waxing my back. Now, let me tell you, I am not a particularly hairy person. But apparently, Bigfoot saw something that needed fixing because he started applying hot wax to my back and pulling it off with lightning speed. I have to say, it hurt like hell, but it was also kind of satisfying in a weird way. After the waxing was done, Bigfoot sat down next to me and started making chit-chat. He told me about his life in the woods, his family, and his interests. I have to admit, it was strange hearing him speak. His voice was deep and rumbling, like a bass guitar on steroids. And then, before I knew it, we were cracking jokes and laughing together like old friends. It was like I had found a new buddy in the woods, someone who understood me in a way that no human ever could. In the end, Bigfoot and I said our goodbyes, and he disappeared back into the woods. I know it sounds crazy, but I can't help feeling like I made a genuine connection with him. Who knew that Bigfoot could be so talented at haircuts, chiropractic adjustments, and waxing. It just goes to show that you never know what kind of surprises life has in store for you. So, to begin, this story happened back in 2018. I arrived in this small, rural town near Cape May, New Jersey. The company I was working for at the time was sending me out to go door-to-door, advertising cable and Wi-Fi that they wanted me to sell. I was getting weird vibes all throughout the day, as the town itself was very small and a bit creepy, with people staring at me or giving me the cold shoulder for the entire day. It seemed like a lot of the townsfolk that I encountered that day were on edge, and it was a weird tense atmosphere that I shrugged off, as people are weird all the time. I continued doing my job, chugging a Red Bull to keep me going, which didn't affect me at all surprisingly. 
Besides the weird atmosphere, the scenery was actually quite pretty once you got off the main road. I had to stop at different streets, and some were in the woods on long and seemingly beautiful endless roads. It was quite scenic. Just before sunset, I was scheduled to visit a few houses on a small peninsula. To get to this peninsula you had to go down a very long road, past a summer camp area, past a trailer park, past the woods, and then you finally find yourself in a small open area with a bay marsh, a couple small expensive houses, and shore access. The houses were so close to the water it seemed to be a code violation, but I'm sure they were built to withstand storms since they looked so expensive. Every house had its own theme, and the area was mostly deserted. Only one house had someone inside, whom I had talked to after knocking on his door. I was so distracted looking at the houses and scenery that I didn't notice how fast sunset was approaching. I came to the realization that I should start heading back, to avoid being alone on that long deserted pathway in the woods. As a smaller female, I'm never comfortable after dark in isolated places, especially without cell service. I was making my way down the path, so far so good, as it wasn't completely dark yet. As I approached the wooded area of the road, I was walking a bit faster, since there were no street lights and the sunlight was rapidly disappearing. As I walked at a decently fast pace, I noticed something. The woods were eerily quiet. All the life that I was hearing before was gone. No crickets, no birds, just pure silence. I stopped in my tracks and got chills down my spine as I felt the feeling that I was being watched. I looked around the dark woods for any sudden movements and then, like clockwork, something up ahead made its way out of the tree line. It looked to be some type of large animal. My brain went into overdrive analyzing whatever this animal was. Was it a bear? A dog? No. It looked like a large dog. But, dogs don't get this big. Though I was intimidated by its large size, whatever it was hadn't noticed me. Even though I was scared, I also didn't want to walk back and go into that one man's house. As a woman, I would rather take my chances with a wild animal than be alone with a man I don't know in a deserted holiday neighborhood. Suddenly, as I was thinking this, the large animal in the distance finally noticed my presence. It was observing me, not entirely sure of what to do with me. There wasn't enough light anymore for me to see the animal's face, but I felt unusually frightened. Whatever I was looking at was definitely too big to be a black bear, with a shoulder height of at least 5 feet on all fours, which is comparable in size to a brown bear. The mass of this creature was extensive, as the outline of what I could see looked like a wolf on steroids. It was very muscular. I also noticed that the outline of its face was very similar to that of a German Shepherd or a wolf, as it had perked ears and a long snout. In the heat of the moment, I could only hear the sound of my heart palpitating as fear and adrenaline started to crawl their way into my bloodstream. It felt as if time stood still, and then it dawned on me. What I was looking at wasn't a normal animal, and it was simply too big to be any animal that I could recognize from New Jersey's catalog of fauna. And, if it wanted to attack me, I would be powerless against it. It was simply too big. Though, to calm myself down, I threw the idea that this creature was out of the ordinary out because I felt like this could be rationalized somehow. I made my brain go back to the idea of this being maybe a large dog or coyote. I also did not believe in cryptids and was completely unaware of what size coyotes are supposed to be, so I made a quick decision. Realizing that this could very well be a life or death situation, I came to the conclusion that this very large dog-like creature was probably a skittish coyote that I could scare off, at least temporarily, to calm down my nerves. What other choice did I have? The longer I kept standing there, the more aggressive I might come across to this animal, and I didn't want it to get territorial or get the idea that I was easy prey. So, I decided I would make the most hideous, loud, confusing, and startling scream slash howl I could muster and just sprint the rest of the way. After I screeched this hideous sound out of my body as hard as I could, the animal quickly changed its body language to defensive, 
but then it quickly changed its mind to deciding I wasn't worth a fight as it ran a decent distance into the woods, not too far though. I decided to sprint as fast as I could pass that area and beyond. I sprinted until I reached the end of the road, and noticed there was a summer camp area with street lights near me. I rested on top of a table there, out of breath and feeling my heart pound out of my chest. However, I was still very shaken up and still felt like I was being watched. I kept my eyes on the tree line. My eyes were darting around, looking for any sign this animal was still there. Once I felt like the coast was clear, I located the next house I was scheduled to visit, and I quickly made my way over. I met a nice family who ended up buying cable from me, and I told them what had happened to me that night and how I was treated by the locals. The lady of the family who I presumed to be the mother said I don't know why they sent you out here alone. These woods are dangerous after dark, and there are creepy people who live around here. The impression she was giving me was that there were animal encounters she couldn't explain and that there were lots of ex-convicts in the area, and people who should have been arrested but haven't been. She was equally concerned about the people as she was about the animals around this place. This gave me goosebumps, how many times today could my life have been taken? They were extremely concerned for my safety and told me to contact my team leader so I could get picked up. They said they didn't want me to go outside again and that I should call it quits for the night and not make it to any other houses. To this day, I still have no idea what creature I had encountered. There are strange things in the woods, things people don't speak about, or cover up. I felt like the townsfolk of that town knew something about what I encountered. So, weird creature I encountered in those woods, let's never meet again. It was March 4th, around 7 7.30 pm, driving home in south central Iowa. Going eastward. I saw a light not unlike a cell phone tower but of a more orange, scarlet color, unlike any cell tower. In confusion and mild unsettlement, my mother and I watched it move and slowly flew away. As we further went to its direction, we stopped at a gas station for a quick bite to eat. And as we left we noticed something abnormal. Low laying fog and a scent like burning metal. As we left and got into our car and began to further drive home, the smell of once burning metal morphed into a vile, sulfuric smell. And then quickly changes to a pungent, mold-like scent that made our nostrils, eyes, and lungs itch and burn. So much we ended up wearing face masks in the car. And for an hour or two after, we faced lightheadedness and muscle fatigue. At first we suspected a manufacturing plant was having difficulties, but two weeks after, no new information has shown up. Just a coincidence or something more. One night I was out walking my dog, that night it was only me and my brother at the house for the record. Of course it being night I carry an airsoft pistol, Walter PPQ, on me just in case like that's going to do anything. So it's about 7-ish minutes in when we hear a wop wop noise it doesn't sound like no dog or human or any animal for that matter. As soon as we heard this we ran inside of course the our dog follows we lock all door and load our BB guns and hide in my brother's room wondering what just happened we didn't tell our mom as we thought she would have thought we were crazy. This encounter happened a few months ago rewind about a week and a half prior to now my mom heard the same noise and said did you hear that in the bamboo, Nota live in Ohio in a suburb, we told her what we heard we haven't heard it since I'll keep you all updated on this. I went on vacation with my aunt and uncle in the early 90s. Probably 91 or 92. I was 11 or 12. They had no kids and could sometimes drink too much and be unpleasant. They drove a big fifth-wheel type RV and would park it for a few days at a time at various campsites. One night, while in rural Texas, we parked and they got into a very unpleasant argument and I decided to run away, in my child's mindset, more likely I decided to get their attention and scare them into halting their fight, I took my backpack, some sodas, a flashlight and chips. 
It was probably 10 or 11 p.m. and it was a very hot night and there was a very bright moon out. I started to wander off into the woods and followed an old looking wire fence that was probably 6 or 8 feet tall. I must have walked for 30 or 45 minutes and I came to a clearing. I slipped under the fence where the ground had eroded and walked probably a good 2 miles, 3 kilometers, along the tree line that bordered the clearing. There were occasional concrete structures that looked like they were from the 50s or 60s. I went into the largest one in the main room, which was three-fourths of the structure, was perhaps 20 feet by 30 feet with no windows and empty except for some rusted out chairs and what looked like elevator doors against the far wall, where you would expect it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. An entrance to the other section of the building. In the opposite corner was a hatch, with a metal ladder protruding. I tried to open the elevator-looking doors but they wouldn't pry open or I wasn't strong enough. So, I put on backpack and decided I would climb down the ladder of the hatch and see if there was a basement. After about, what had to be, 100 rungs, I started to get really freaked out and panicky. My backpack was on and I had no way to grab my flashlight without taking a hand off the ladder which I was terrified to do. I felt like it was more energy for some reason to start heading back up the ladder so I just kept slowly shuffling down, letting gravity do most of the work. I decided after what had to be another 100 rungs that I had made a huge mistake and started crying. I didn't feel like I'd ever make it back up. I kept going down and down and down. In my mind I thought if I could somehow reach the bottom that I'd be able to rest, drink a soda and then make it back up. After what seemed like 45 minutes or maybe longer my feet hit the ground. I got out my light and shined it around. I could see similar elevator doors like from above that matched the location of the others. However, opposite those was a curved tunnel that was lined with some sort of ceramic looking tile that felt rough like stone. I shined by light down it and the distance swallowed it up. What was weird is that it smelled very much like the ocean and there was a very cool breeze and sort of an electric hum like your neighbor's central AC unit running in the quiet of the night. I rested for maybe 15 minutes, too terrified to go down that tunnel until I felt refreshed enough to climb back up the ladder. I tried to count the rungs but lost count at about 50 when I heard feet shuffling below me and could see the hole beneath my feet illuminate with light. Through the wall I could hear what had to be that elevator starting to ascend upwards. I have been very fortunate in my life and when I was 18 years old I went on a two-month canoeing trip through a YMCA camp. We went into northern Nunavut, Canada, Google Maps Gary Lake for a good idea where this was. So my guide is in the stern of the canoe and I'm in the bow, front. It's currently drizzling, cold, and we are ready to set up camp to be done for the day. Suddenly I hear my guide make a noise between surprise and terror, it wasn't a scream, but it wasn't a normal noise. Then I feel the canoe wobble. Now I think that it's from him moving around, but when I turn around to look at him I see something that my mind wasn't ready to comprehend. It was the dorsal fin of a fish in its back. It was still mostly submerged but there was three feet in length of fish and what seemed like a table of width. Keep in mind that this is freshwater, there are no salt water monsters that come from the ocean up here. I look at my guide in terror, because I'm afraid it's going to numb into us again and tip us, because of the amount of gear we only had three inches of freeboard. He looks back at me and gets one of those crazy idea smiles on his face. I understand what he wants to do right away. He starts to get the fishing rod with the 30-pound test line as I find the net to help catch it. He puts a spoon on as a lure and puts the line in the water and we canoe out with the line dragging a little bit behind us. 
We wait for about two minutes and we get a bite. It was a small fish, for up there lol, it was about 10 pounds and 20-ish inches. He reels it in and I try to get it in the net. Except I f up and it swims away real fast. So my guide is fighting this fish to get it back when the big ass fish comes along and eats the fish we've been trying to get off the line. Now by the transitive property of the small fish we caught being inside the big fish we have the big fish on the line. So it should be an easy peasy just reel it in right? Nope. That fish swims away at a leisurely pace, and it drags us with it. Our canoe that weighs about 900 pounds with us inside it is being dragged along by this fish. I start freaking out because, you know, we messed with something in its domain and it has more power than we do. So I ask, what do we do? And my guide just says, paddle hard, white water strokes. So I paddle hard, and my guide steers us to the nearest shoreline. After a very difficult paddle we get there and hop out. My guide fights the fish for about 10 minutes to tire it out while we come up with a plan. I stand out in the water, freezing my ass off but standing still so I appear to just be a big rock to the fish. Once the fish seems to be sufficiently tired my guide slowly reeled it in near me. It drifts up to me and I bear hug it out of the water. Now allow me to explain the dimensions of this fish. It was longer than my leg, about 4 feet, and it had a circumference of about a circular human chest. As I bear hug it was realized that I was not ready for this big of a fish. I will underestimate, I actually am, this is an old man fishing story, and say it weighed 40 to 45 pounds. So I get it partly in the air and the fish wriggles. That wriggle almost put me in the water and allowed the fish to go free. My guide panics and tries to reel the fish in. Instead of that, he ripped the smaller fish out of its stomach. The monster fish, oh for those curious I think it was a lake trout, gets away and the small fish is partly digested. The whole experience was so spooky to me because I realized how easily nature will dwarf human strength. I understood more what lurks in the waters, and I was terrified that there were probably fish that ate the big fish just like the big fish ate the smaller fish. I have more stories like this from that trip, but I think that one freaked me out the most. I was a student in Montana a few years back and went camping with some newfound friends up in Highlight. Later that night, we're all chilling by the van when we hear a howl across the water. It sounded almost human, but we were unsure. It was the weekend and there were a bunch of other college kids out and about in more popular spots, like where the sound was coming from. We had also heard howling from a party a few campsites up earlier that night. Thinking it's probably human, my drunken dumbass howls back. I promptly get a yippy sort of howl, and now my groups of friends and I are like aw you're talking to a coyote from across the lake. Another friend thinks it's still the party from earlier. So we grab the binoculars and I begrudgingly muster up a howl one more time. That's when I get loudest, most beautiful howl I've ever heard thrown back at me. Everyone around the water goes quiet. Even the camp down the road can't be heard. After maybe a minute of silence a chorus of howls starts going off across the water. It's non-stop. Loud and creepy, echoing through the night. One girl is justifiably scared and asks me to make it stop. We argue back and forth and finally the group decides I should howl back and see if they quit. I really don't want to. I vote we stay quiet, stay near the van, and keep the campfire going. This other guy in the group tries howling back for me despite me telling him not to. It makes no difference. At this point I want to lock myself in the van. The driver tells me he'll unlock the car if I just howl back one more time. So I take a deep breath, and I howl. The howling stops for maybe a second. Then it goes off again. At first it sounds like they were moving away from us. Until the sounds got louder and we realized they were going around the water and probably towards us. By this point I had already moved my shit and everyone's food back into the van and was pissed. I wanted to go. No one else did. Eventually everyone got spooked by the incoming howls, and one by one they moved their sleeping bags into the van with me. 
Eventually they got pretty close, we were listening to them for about 15 minutes, and then they stopped. At that point we could tell they were most definitely on our side of the lake, somewhere in the woods. A guy we were with swears he saw a wolf, but I don't know. I didn't see shit. And we didn't hear anything for the rest of the night. I grew up in rural British Columbia. One time, my parents and I were out in the middle of nowhere picking Saskatoon berries on the side of the highway. My dad had gone further into the woods to take a leak or maybe to find a better spot, I guess. This guy in a shiny black car pulled over and started talking to my mom and I. I remember he was very charming, wearing really nice clothes with his hair slicked back. I'm from a small town where people wear plaid and camo together, so this seemed weird. The guy asked us about what we were picking, then said he had berries too and offered us some. Later I thought that was weird, because it was just a regular grocery store carton of blackberries. He kept chatting for a bit, more talking at us than with us. My mom I think was trying to be polite, but when my dad came back, the guy just messed right off. I hadn't thought about this for years, but thinking back, that is creepy as hell. If the guy didn't have some ulterior motive, then why would he drive away so fast? I mean, either way, if he was just trying to flirt with my mom, the middle of nowhere is not really the best place to do that. Not creepy at the time, but when I was a young kid, 8-10, my friend and I used to wander the forest behind our neighborhood. We used to get so excited to find things and once came across a small campsite complete with the removable backseat of a van, a small fire pit, and a couple cans of food with a dirty pot nearby. This was obviously someone's spot, as we came back a couple times a week and things were different, more food. Sometimes we would find articles of clothing, but being naive kids, we thought nothing of it and would hang around the spot for hours. During the winter time we found an abandoned jungle gym in the middle of the woods. That was creepy as hell. Around that time we discovered a small pond that had frozen over. I tried to walk across it, but fell through the ice. I was so afraid I peed my pants. I couldn't touch the bottom and I struggled to climb back onto the ice. During my struggle, a small pack of wild dogs, only like three or four, showed up on the opposite side of the pond and started barking and growling. It was awful. I finally got out and we booked it home. I never went back, not even to the little hobo campsite. I like to hike out in the forest in Northern California a lot, hunting mushrooms. One day I'm out in the woods, not a soul around, and I hear the extremely eerie wail of an earthquake siren. They must have been testing it but being out in the middle of the woods and hearing that was like being in Silent Hill. It continued for several minutes, not a normal siren either, a really long, drawn out up and down wail of a siren. The kind that would give you chills on a sunny day. I lived in Iowa when I was in college. At nights after I got off work I would take my dog, Boxer, out for a run on a local trail. It was approximately 5,000 of paved running trails going through a wooded area and it was usually pitch black. One night my dog, who was as calm as could be was riles up and he kept growling and trying to go into the woods. From the beginning of the run until the end. Throughout the run a loud growling noise would follow me. I ignored it at first, as there were no known natural predators in Iowa at that time. However, I am pretty sure that was the fastest 5k I ever ran. In the next few months I heard of some mountain lion sightings in the area. Once in a while we would hear about them but they were so rare it could have been someone mistaking a dog for a mountain lion. Now I see pictures of mountain lions from people back home on Facebook. I am pretty sure a mountain lion was stalking me throughout my run and it probably would have taken me down if it wasn't for my dog. I still remember the growling following me. It's like it was actually right next to me the entire time.
My mom lives in the middle of nowhere. Her house is pretty far down a secluded gravel driveway that you wouldn't even know was there. The closest neighbor is about a half mile away. One morning she was up at about 5 am getting her day started, when the dogs outside started going absolutely nuts, which they only do whenever someone is on the property. She tried looking outside but it was completely dark out. Later that day, the sheriff called, he's friends with my stepdad, and told them that in the early hours of the day, a man had killed his wife and was running from the cops and had abandoned his car in the woods a few miles down from where their house was. He apparently accidentally stumbled upon their property when trying to cut through the woods. They caught up to him a few miles down and had a shootout with him and he was killed in the process. Late to the game but a couple of years ago I was in my house alone, pregnant, and with my puppy. My husband worked nights so I was usually alone. I usually text him throughout the night and I went to the bathroom and saw someone at the door trying to open it. Our front door had a glass design on it so you could see partially inside the house. I started walking towards the door because I thought it was my husband. I was in the hallway and noticed he was having trouble opening it, and my husband texts me. I said are you not outside trying to open the door, he says no immediately I tell him someone is trying to break into the house. I called 911, the girl tells me to hang up and call the sheriff department at this time the guy is trying to break down the door. I hid in the closet with my puppy in my arms. My husband works 15 minutes away and he got there before the sheriff. He was pretty scared and I was shaken up. Never again. We have knives galore. Our blue healer puppy is a straight up beast and we have an arsenal of guns, protection and hunting. I feel safe, even with just my dog. Turns out the guy who was trying to break into my house was arrested for breaking into another house and sexually assaulting a minor. Grew up in the middle of nowhere. We used to have a smoke spot near an abandoned farmhouse about a half a mile out of town. It was a neat old house that you couldn't see from the road. It was surrounded on all sides by cornfields, and there were lots of trees to block the view. There was always a well-tended garden behind it. It had tomatoes, corn, peas and that sort of stuff. We all assumed that it belonged to someone we knew or their relative who didn't have the space in town. One day the fire department came and burned the house down to practice their firefighting skills. My friends and I gathered together later and started talking about it. We realized then that no one knew who the property belonged to, and that no one knew who had the garden there. We went back the next day and there was no trace of the garden anymore. It was like it had never been there at all. We were all just there the week before and saw it. Now it was just overgrown weeds and bushes. The only thing that we recognized was an old, metal, white lawn chair that was always sitting upright near the end of the garden was still there. It was lying on its side half buried in the dirt. We all agreed that no one would ever believe us, and I don't talk about it much. It still gives me the chills. My husband and I were hiking in the Smokies this past May. We always started late, so most other people were finishing up their hikes by the time we got started. So we were on a pretty unpopular path and saw a few people in the beginning, but after 30 minutes or so we were the only ones on the trail. A good bit of the trails and the part of the park we were in were closed anyway, due to a severe windstorm the week prior. It started out as a nice easy hike. We went up through some creepy, crispy hemlock patches that the wildfires had passed through last fall. These were slightly creepy, but mostly awesome especially since hemlock are all twisty in the first place and these were charred. Then we started back down in about an hour and came to a sign that said cemetery. I had researched the trail on a few websites and hadn't seen anything about a cemetery. It seemed fun spooky so we followed the arrow, but the trail became extremely overgrown. We turned around and after 5 minutes of where we picked up the trail, we had to crawl under a huge down tree and cross a creek. Where the trail inexplicably split. No signs. Not supposed to be a fork here. 
We hadn't seen anyone in over an hour, and after our brief encounter with the cemetery trail, we started to get a bit freaked out. We realized that we aren't going to make it out before dark if we took the wrong fork. And still why was there a fork? And where is this mystery cemetery? Anyway, we did take the right fork, the cemetery was right off a road nowhere near that sign, and we encountered llamas on our safe return. A friend of mine and I were out hiking through the woods. It was dark out and we were beginning to head back towards home when something came across the path by a fallen tree. It's hard to describe, but it looked like a man in a hooded cloak. It stood, and then slowly and silently moved to a tree, and keeled. We couldn't see its face, but we got that feeling it was watching us. We tried to shrug it off and keep moving. Further down the trail we saw it again. Being in our early teens we decided, stupidly, that we were getting to the bottom of this. So we started after it, and it started charging it. We screamed and it stopped, and then took off into the woods. Feeling brave again, I grabbed a big spear-shaped stick and took off after it. I ran for a bit through the woods until I could see the outline of it once more up ahead through the moonlight. I knelt, and watched as another popped up beside it. And then another. Then, I heard moving to the side of me. Realizing that whatever these things were, they were surrounding me, I quickly noped the F out of their back in the direction I left my friend. So, I know that sounds like the creepy part, but it gets weirder. My friend wasn't where I had left him, so I called out to him. He responded a little way away, and followed it with you gotta see this. So I followed his voice, and came out to a clearing. It was bright as F. And floating around the clearing were legit balls of light. Almost like the fairy fountains from the Legend of Zelda, those red balls that float near the fountain? Except these were pure white light. We looked at each other, and then hightailed it back to the trail and back home. Not the scariest, but definitely the strangest thing I've ever witnessed. In high school, I went with my friends to an abandoned construction site during a full moon to have some beers on the roof and look at the view, it was high on a hill. As we were leaving, they offered me $10 to go down and walk around in the pitch black basement. Me lacking any belief in the paranormal, this seemed like an easy way to make 10 bucks. I went down the stairs with my phone light on but when I reached the bottom and turned the corner I turned off my light because I was fairly sure my friends were going to try to scare me and figured I might be able to get the upper hand on them. At this point I also turned on a video with no flash because I wanted to catch their fear first hand video might be on my computer somewhere. I whispered to the video something about being off the grid and began waiting. I waited around the corner for a couple minutes but heard nothing. Then, I began to hear what sounded like large rocks being dropped down the stairway to the basement. This seemed like the perfect start to my buddy's scaring tactics so I thought nothing of it. The sounds continued for a while and eventually I got bored, as it seemed they were too scared to actually come down the stairs, and started slowly making my way out the other side of the unfinished basement. When I reached the car, everyone wanted to know where I had been and what took me so long. Again. I assumed this must have been a tactic to freak me out, but then I realized everyone that had come with me was in the car and there would have been no one in the house to continue dropping the rocks as I was leaving. There was no way someone could have made it back to the car before me while continuing to drop the rocks and avoid me seeing them. I still don't at all believe in ghosts or the like but I wonder if there was maybe a squatter or someone else in the blackness with me who was trying to scare me away. The scariest part was that I had absolutely no fear about the incident as it was happening but looking back on it, I should have run out of there screaming. Easily the scariest thing I've ever been a part of. So it was a year ago, I was living in El Paso near Fort Bliss because my dad was in the army. I had gone to a New Mexico to visit an old girlfriend and was driving home. Now if you're around this location you know how long of empty stretches there are with only mountains around you. Anyway I'm driving back in my father's old Beamer, he 
He bought a new truck for himself and gifted me the old and reliable car. Now as I'm driving I watch a nice Monte Carlo slow down in front of me and take a right down a dirt path after I pass. Nothing strange at the moment just that people are going hiking or something in the middle of the night. It was late, going on 1 in the morning, as I'm driving the car breaks down so I have to pull over. Pissed, I get out and check the engine seeing if I can do anything but it was too dark to get a good look and I figured it finally died. I pop it in neutral and ride it far off the side of the road and figure I can call for a ride. Of course, no signal in the middle of the desert. So I figure, hell if I have to walk probably 6 miles to the next town I'm getting drunk so I get a bottle of Jack out of my trunk and start walking. Luckily for me I grabbed it because it was freezing and it made up for my lack of warm clothes. I walk for maybe 3 miles when a car pulls up next to me. Guess what it was, yeah a red Monte Carlo. Inside are two guys, maybe 30 each, one with a ton of tattoos and looks a bit younger and the other with styled black hair and a gold chain and watch. Had a brief conversation going something like, A man was that your beamer up the road driver with gold chain. Yeah brother, piece of shit broke down. He looks past me kind of, what did you throw in the ditch when we pulled up? I had throw the bottle thinking it was a cop. Some whiskey. They both laugh and he says, should SA you need a ride? I laugh as well saying, hell yeah. I get the bottle and hop in the back. These two sons of bitches drink their asses off driving me into town and get me plastered. Yet even in my drunken hasteness I didn't fail to realize the tattooed one was sweaty like he had been working and was covered in dirt along with something rattling in the trunk while we turned in town. Nothing happened to me except getting wasted and a ride to a near town then getting an Uber home. Yet I still believe that there was a shovel in the trunk and the two men just finished burying someone and were excited to find some alcohol to celebrate with. Went hiking up in the Bighorn Mountains in central Wyoming with my wife, brother, and two friends a few years ago. We wanted to try a little off-the-grid camping so we just found a side road, drove down for a bit, and found a somewhat secluded spot to set up our tents. It was nearly dark by the time we got there, and starting to rain, so we made quick work of setting everything up and settling in for the night. About 1, my wife wakes me up. Can you hear that? After listening for a second, I say that's just G, my bro, snoring. It's fine. About that time, the snoring starts to move. We stay perfectly silent for about 10 minutes listening to the sound of whatever it is roaming around the tents, including the twang of our tent lines being toyed with. We didn't sleep the rest of the night. The next morning, we looked around the tent and realized there were mountain lion tracks circling the tent about half a dozen times. The snoring we heard was actually the cats chuffing. After waking the others, we made a little circuit around our site or realized we had set up about 100 yards from a den. We packed up and found another spot pretty quick. My buddy and I used to go into the woods behind our house in Indiana when we were in middle school just about every day. Sometimes we'd find interesting shit or creepy crap like little shit shacks where someone had made a home. But one day we saw two guys probably early 20s walking around in the woods and as we saw them, they saw us. And immediately started towards us. We freaked out and started running away which they then started walking faster in our direction. After what felt like forever, we came towards the edge of the woods where they had a ton of empty truck trailers parked. Dunno our thought process, but we jumped in one and hid behind some old boxes. We sat there probably an hour. For about 20 minutes of that hour, we heard them running around shouting where'd you guys go. I was scared then, but honestly as an adult I look back and feel more frightened because I fully understand how nuts people are. House I moved into was close to a Native American burial site. The landlord out of nowhere said the last tenants experienced ghosts. I wondered why she brought that up blew it off, whatever. 
The garage had a single light bulb with a pull string on it. I'm sitting eye level to it, about two feet away, smoking a cigarette. I watch it pull straight down and click off. I run inside, try to chill. My mom gets home and I tell her what happened. She thought I was just making it up, didn't really believe it. Two months go by, I'm sitting on the couch, she runs in the house pale as can be. The light string pulled down again, right in front of her. Other things happened in that house, but nothing ever threatening. That changed my mind on the world around me. Whether it was a parallel dimension that was somehow interacting or a ghost, that house changed my life. In school my friends taking photography class had images of this cool and creepy local abandoned hospital in the town across the river. It had the lovely nickname Killer Cobb. So like any sensible people in their 20s would do, I snuck in with my two classmates to check it out. It was one of my most surreal moments in my life. The first creepy thing was one room that looked like it had dried fruit scattered across the floor. In the next room there were plastic tubs with names, dates, and numbers on them. Each tub had organs and body parts in them and preservatives. The room with the fruit was covered in dumped out organs. All the way through the place the power was on. It had been shut down for about a decade. Parts of the ceiling were falling in and windows were missing. It was totally Silent Hill quality. The creepiest was the holes in the wall that appeared to be blasted into it. The shatter-proof glass with the wires in it had chunks blown out. Looked like someone had fired a shotgun through the place. There were areas that had splashes of what looked like dried blood near the holes and we found a stretcher that had a pool dried of blood that ran off the sides and under it. We got to the third floor and as I am peeping through a window on a set of double doors scoping out the halls that were dark to check for anything that might, you know, want to kill us. I saw this stick start coming out from behind a corner. Then I understood that I saw the shadow of a man holding a shotgun coming down the hall and dropped low behind the door. I ran to the others and we noped out with a quickness. We reported the creepy possible murders and very real biohazards to the local news channel. Years later it was torn down. Another, I was working on a painting at my school and my instructor had her kids in the building. They played and giggled running around the whole time. I heard it, but it didn't bother me. I was really into my project and time slipped by quickly. I realized at a point I was starving and looked down at my watch. Realizing it was almost 2 am, I couldn't believe she and the kids were still there. As I walked to the door to tell them I was leaving. As I came to the door leading to the hallway everything became completely quiet. I walked through the building to see what was up and I was completely alone and creeped out. I peeked out the window that overlooked the parking lot, nothing. I left and tried to not work up there by myself from that point forward. One of my friends had a similar experience. 